0: Welcome to Move the District, where you can find the best ways to stay healthy, stay moving, and stay informed in Washington DC. Now, more than ever, we have a wealth of information and opportunities to live the high-performance, pain-free life that we want. My name is Dr. Mike Yassen, and my goal is to show you the backstories behind the individuals and businesses that provide these opportunities for everyone, no matter who you are. Now, let's move. Move the District is sponsored by Big League Performance and Rehab. At Big League Performance and Rehab, we help active adults stay that way, pain-free and active during the sports and activities that they love for life. We do this by working on four different areas. That's movement, nutrition, stress management, and sleep. When we optimize these four areas, you feel better, you move better, and you live better. Head to Rehab.com to see how we can help you stay active for life. all right welcome back to episode 41 of move the district thank you so much for tuning in again got a great episode for you this week but before we dig into that uh if you haven't already please 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 uh subscribe and please give our uh humble little podcast here a uh, five-star rating we uh you know we're not one of the big guns out there where we're able to get all these, you know, big publicity and whatnot. So every little five-star review counts. So whatever platform you listen on—Spotify, Apple, Amazon—please, uh, a five-star review would be greatly appreciated. Thank you. So on to bigger and better things now. Uh, our guest this week, she's a certified personal trainer, a running coach, as well as an instructor at Formula Running Center over in Arlington, Virginia. Please welcome Danielle hurt Danielle, thanks for coming on.
1: thanks for having me Mike
0: yeah i'm uh, I'm excited to dig down into uh, a little more uh, running uh, stuff with you today i uh, I always enjoy talking with uh, runners specifically about things that aren't about running yeah.
1: <laughs> which is so hard for us because all we like to do is talk about running so i'll see if i can think of anything else though
0: yes no we'll talk about running as well as non-running things as well it's one of those things where like i'll uh, i'll talk with you know a patient or someone who comes in and they're a runner and you know they'll be you know they'll talk about stride length we'll talk about footwear we'll talk about mileage we'll talk about mechanics and then i'm like so what's your strength training like and they're like what uh what what do, what do you mean and, and then, you know, it, it turns into like a whole nother, a whole nother thing. Um, so as we get into it now, let's, uh, let's talk a little bit about your background. Let's see, where did your journey in, uh, into fitness first start?
1: Yeah, so I've always been super active. Um, I was actually a competitive dancer and most of my uh, members at FRC know this because I'll break out and dance in the middle of a session. If you follow me on IG, I have some random, not so great. Uh, choreographed dances on my uh, reels, but I was a dancer up all the way through college. I was on my college dance team and that's where I then found fitness. Um, I was graduating college and I was like, okay, I need something else to do to stay in shape. And my university at the time was just opening up a fitness facility and they were looking for somebody to teach group exercise. And I was like, oh, choreograph movements, me dancing around. Okay. What, what, okay. Let's do this. Boom. And boom, I was in. And so there I got um, certified as a kickboxing instructor. Also got my group X certification and was just like, hey, let's, let's just go with this. So I was teaching four to six classes a week um, just as something fun to do. And then from there, I just kind of escalated and grew. I moved from Philadelphia where I went to college out to Reading, Pennsylvania, and as I moved out that way, I started making connections at gyms and started just teaching other classes. I'm really grateful for some of the early opportunities that I had to kind of build my own classes, what I like to do. Um, I really like getting into solving people's problems. Um, looking back on it, I didn't know I was doing that at the time. Um, now that I'm in my, this my profession, I'm like, wow, the entire early couple stages, I would find out what people were having issues with and I was trying to help them. At the time I had no idea what I was doing. Um, I was, I went to a 24 hour certification of like group fitness and I knew nothing. Um, but it really made me interested. And then from there, it just kind of grew. Um, started coaching. Uh, just, you know, not just within group exercise, but I got into the whole Les Mills circuit. So if anybody on here listens or takes uh, Les Mills classes, body combat, body, pump, body yep. attack, uh, body pump, you name it. I was certified and like, think at the end of my Les Mills career, it was like five different programs. Um, loved it, t- learned a ton as an instructor. And that just kind of kept feeding my appetite for wanting more. Um, during all that, I actually then was turning to find another challenge. I was actually a never runner, which is very never surprising runner. to people and never runner. I was that person early in my fitness career that was like, I'm never going to run unless somebody's chasing me. <laughs> And it's ironic now that I have the word "run" like tattooed on me. Oh my god! Uh, so it's it's very life is funny. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I was like, I'm never going to be. That's that's not in the cards for me. When I was in high school, I um, was dating a guy whose dad was a doctor, and his dad used to write me notes to get out of the miles. Like I've never oh run god. the mile in high school. So it's so funny now. <laughs> not, that once? Like, not once.
0: Not once. Never.
1: Not once. I used to actually. Okay, funny thing. I used to actually. I. I I hope Mr. Lemuel is not listening. Um, I, <laughs> I don't uh, think so. he, he probably might. But no, I um, uh, we used to actually pay off my gym instructor with Dunkachinos. Don I don't know if anyone remembers Dunkachinos like 15 years ago. Oh, so my I, God. I would go to college courses in the morning and then go to my high school in the afternoon. And I always had gym as my first class. And so I would show up 45 minutes late with... Dunkin' Donuts for my gym instructor, and that's how I got a pass versus a fail. Um, so it's ironic now that my livelihood is dependent upon physical activity, and it's something I strive to get out of. Um, now, mind you, I was dancing at the time, so I was not just like sitting around like eating potato chips as a high schooler. Right. Um, I was working at my dance studio. I've always had a really strong work ethic. Um, always, I've always worked. I've always just gone right from one job to the next. And so, long of the short, got into running because I really admired runner's dedication and that tenacity, that just like grueling ability to just get it done. And just that m- mindfulness that running brings. And so I was like, okay, how do I do this? So one of my best friends was a runner. She had run marathons and I was like, okay, Hey girl, what do I do? Like, how do I get running? Like, how do I do this? This was back in like 2009, 2010. Okay. And she looked me dead in the eye and she was like, you're going to go run four miles every day until it doesn't hurt. And I was like, okay. I am not know. I was 21. I had no idea. Went, know, okay, man. that's what that's what we do. Sure. I don't know how to run. So I did it. Do not do it. <laughs> <laughs> that is not the way you become a runner. There um, you go. I was so freaking sore. I was so miserable. Um, but you know what it did feed the appetite of I want to learn how to run. And so I went from being a never runner to running a 5k within like, I think like two months or one month after making that decision. And then I ran my first marathon 11 months later. Wow. And Doing all that, you know, I've had people ask me like, how did you go from nothing to a marathon in 11 months? And I'm like, well, hold the phone. I was 21, 22 years old. The body does really cool things at that age.
0: Yes, In your 30s and 40s, it's not,
1: no, it's not that resilient. So like, let's just hold the phone on that. I was also really active, um, but that got me into running and I fell in love with it. I was like, I want to do this again. Let's keep going. Like that 20 mile run, like through the Amish country. Like that was really cool. Let's do it again. What was the first Um, marathon? My first marathon was a Philadelphia marathon. Oh, okay. Um, loved it. I loved every second of it. I like lived in Philly. So to me, it was like this is a home base race. Um, if you had asked me, you know, up until four or five years ago what was my favorite race, I would say Philly. It's now kind of changed. Um, and I think it's because I like hometown stuff. And it's so like Marine Corps now has become like my little hometown race. Ah, okay. um, but started running and as I was running, I was noticing, wow, people are giving really shitty advice for how people should run. Wow, these training plans are all cookie cutters. Wow, these plans aren't taking into effect that. Like, you know, at the time I was traveling to Manhattan a lot for work. How the heck am I going to get a seven mile run in on a Tuesday if I leave for Manhattan at 5 a.m., don't get home until nine? But the plan says I have to do it. Uh, So I kind of got. No, like there are some nights I would, and then there were some nights I wouldn't. And I was like, this is stupid. Like, yeah, when I had the energy at like 22, 23, I would go out at 10 p.m. and run for two hours. Yes. Oh, but okay. most people can't do that. No. Uh, <laughs> so, no. So I went off and got my first official running certification um, through RRCA and was a level one uh, level one coach. And then it just kind of grew from there, started coaching Couch to 5K, um, was leading, you know, two to three groups a year with, you know, 10 to 20 people in each group and really finding that what I loved was helping people find their inner athlete. Um, and that's kind of what has propelled me over the years to kind of find my niche and who I like to work with. Like, do I like to work with runners that are qualified in Boston? Absolutely. Um, but I love to work with runners that maybe have stumbled away from running and want to find their way back. And it's just watching that joy on their face, the joy that beginners see. Um, so that's kind of been my journey. Um, like I said, I've moonlit in fitness for over 10 years and, you know, here we are today. I'm now 100% uh, on my own entrepreneur, uh, building my brand, building my company, run with Coach D, um, while also partnering with some really cool uh, businesses and other uh, facilities in the area.
0: That's awesome. Uh, Congratulations. So now let's talk about that uh, little uh, transition. It was was super smooth, right? I couldn't have gone.
1: Oh, couldn't have gone better. Yeah. So I had been in a position, um, I was, you know, moving up that corporate ladder and I'd always envisioned myself, like, okay, I'm gonna become the VP, you know, I'm director, I'm gonna move into VP positions, like, that's how my, my career is gonna go. And I'm gonna just keep riding in corporate. And I think the turning point for me was, I couldn't attach myself to other people's dreams. Um, I've always been I was brought up in an entrepreneur household, where it's you either work for someone, or you work for yourself. And you know, you either have your own dreams that you're working towards, or you're attaching yourself to somebody else's dreams. Wow. Um, and it's not to say that one's wrong, one's no, right. Like there are some wrong. people that do really great at attaching their, uh, their work and their ethic to somebody else's dream and being a part of that build. And we need those people. Um, but I was coming to the point where I was like, I don't believe in what I'm doing anymore. And it's putting a lot of tension between myself and the organization. Um, so push came to shove and a lot of things happened and life got crazy in February, as was life around us in February, 2020. <laughs> Um, nobody knew it was coming, but it was kind of just this clean break and saying, "Okay, things things have to change." And so, in March 2020, decided I'm going to go into business for myself. I had explored other options with other Fortune 500 companies and uh, was looking at, you know, the big, big A that was coming Arlington had opportunities there, and was like, you know what? Sometimes life doesn't give you a nudge; it gives you a shove, and this was the shove I needed. And then March 13th, the world shut down and I was like, wait, 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 no, wait, 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 this can't no, be. No, 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 go back, go wait, back, go back, go back, wait, let's go back three weeks. Um, and, you know, I'm not going to lie, I had a big pity party. I actually ended up breaking my foot last March, um, right? As a personal trainer, running coach, broken foot was perfect. Um, Yeah. Wow. And it's, I tripped over my dog. It wasn't a great story. I literally oh, tripped no. over my dog. <laughs> so it wasn't even a good story. Poor dog. Um, Yeah, I think I'll be fine. But, uh, that kind of like propelled and it was like, okay, April 1st was like, all right, we're doing this. The world is shut down. You could go out and get a job or you can see if this works for you and see how it goes. And here we are a year later. I wouldn't even say that I'm surviving. I am thriving. I am loving what I'm doing every day. Um, I have met so many cool people in the past year. And I haven't left my house for over half of that, which I think is even cooler. So like, so, I am just yeah. so excited for what's to come. Um, you know, sitting with you, you're on my kitchen table right now as we're chatting. Um, go. I just think it's so awesome that now like we've, we've created new ways to connect with others and just help everybody just continue to grow. So yeah, it was super smooth transition. Um, let's just say I do feel a little bit behind in the Zoom world right now. but oh. I do get on like calls with people and I'm like, where's the mute button? Um, because I don't do this every day. I got day. on a uh,
0: a Microsoft Teams meeting for the first time last week. I'd
1: be screwed. I'd have no I didn't idea know. how to it. not know. well,
0: the, it was it was bad because I I had this, this call set up for whatever time it was, and I I like thought it was a phone call. I thought it was a phone call. Then it was like three three minutes after the the meeting time, I like checked my email and realized it was Microsoft Teams meeting. I was like, uh, what does that mean? And then I I clicked on the the link and you know take me to the Microsoft Teams. I got to download it yep yeah create an account and so yep. i got in like six or seven minutes late and it, I, I missed it the person had already lo- logged off and i was like oh
1: shit. <laughs> yeah that happened there's another one called blue jean blue jean? Oh, so, yeah somebody uses blue jeans and they sent me a thing and i'm like getting ready to get on the phone i'm like okay i got this and then like it's like blue i'm like what the fuck is this to download it my mac's like you need an update i'm like of course you do at this oh, very God. moment um and it worked itself out but that's yes, exactly i feel the same way i'm using zoom on my phone now and i'm like phil i'm like gosh now i don't know how my mom feels i'm like how do i do this at okay. what point did
0: technology pass us by
1: right and it's only been a year
0: like what? i don't know what it was like you know you look at like social media with like tiktok and everything and then like you know teams and zoom and i'm like yep I'm just like, when, when did I get old? When did this happen? Uh,
1: exactly. And I'm like, I'm not even like old. I mean, that's the worst part about it, but
0: right. exactly. Yeah. But that's,
1: that's, I would say is the only downside of my, my year, but I'm like, if that's my like problem, I'm, I'm, I think I'm doing all right.
0: <laughs> yeah, I would say so. So now growing up, you, you said you grew up in a, a house of entrepreneurs. What did your, what did your family do?
1: So, um, and this is where the, the line of, you know, you either work for someone's dream or you work for yourself, right? My dad, Uh, very committed. My dad's a nuclear engineer and he's always worked for the same company for 35 years. So he was like that steady Eddie, but was always very interested in leadership. So we grew up in a household that was very Stephen Covey. Um, You know, we had reminders all over the house. You know, one of that I vividly remember is a person's name is the sweetest word in any language. Um, Just always being brought up with around that idea. My mother, on the other hand, has done tons of businesses. Uh, She's a counselor and therapist by trade. Um, that's what I went to school for. Uh, I always joke, like, oh, I'm not gonna become my mother. And the older I get, I'm like, fuck. But then I'm like, you know what? That's not so bad. But I look at who she is now, and she's like 60, and I'm like, all right, you know what? If I could be half of the woman she is, um, that'd be pretty yeah. awesome. Because she, uh, so when she graduated college, whatever, and moved to Pennsylvania to live with my dad when they got married, and she started her own outpatient therapy. Uh, business and she was doing this back in the day when like that wasn't a thing you always like therapy this is in the 80s like ooh. um and then
0: feelings what are you talking about
1: right we just push those down we we bury them inside especially Um, in
0: northeast pennsylvania
1: yeah no no one just like coal mines just go down to the coal mines exactly um and then she created this other business of um she was selling like meditation tapes so my mom literally had like 300 cassettes in her house of her just like guiding you through meditation um so i grew up in a very like holistic house but she always had these little endeavors and then on her 40th birthday she was actually laid off from the hospital she was working in she was a therapist and she was laid off on her birthday her 40th birthday <sighs> and she was like well now what do i do and she took like a month of let like you know boo hoo who was me And my mom actually started working in direct sales and watching her do direct sales. And she's been with the same company for 21 years and just watching her go up and down and kind of build her business and and build up in the business um, has just been, you know, I've watched her fail numerous times. I've watched her miss goals, but I've also seen her rebuild and achieve the goals. Um, So that I have to say is probably that entrepreneurial side where, Mm -hmm. you know, my mother's always reminded me, you know, we can always make more money. Like we can always, if you want something, go get it. Like, what's stopping you? What's holding you back? So I was never brought up in a household where scarcity mindset, it was always the mindset of abundance and abundant thinking. Um, think about, you know, what you think about, you bring about. Um, as corny as it sounds, when she said it to me 25 years ago, I was like, whatever. Um, but growing up now, I'm just like, no, it is true. You know, you're like the five people you surround yourself with. So what's your team look like? Yeah. Um, who are the people you're associating with? Do they want bigger and greater things? Or are they the anchor that's holding you back? And maybe you're ready to grow. Um, so it's been... Really cool to kind of draw on those things that I didn't know were being taught to me as a kid, um, and seeing how they're now shaping my life.
0: Now, were um, you one of those like, like from a young age? Did you have like that entrepreneurial like spirit? Were you like selling lemonade and then like you know, um, you hustling know, your classmates? I,
1: so I wish I could say that I was like a hustler. I was always really good at getting jobs. I was always really good at being employed, and I was always really jo- good at being good at what I did. And finding out what it is that that person wanted me to do to be considered good so i was really good at like reading the room i guess um so i remember i got my first job i was like 15 and my dad was like you're never gonna get a job okay well what my mindset was like watch me uh and sure enough i walked in and i was like bam i'm now employed dad who's like oh. what, what
0: was your first job
1: um i actually worked at american eagle and i was there for oh god six years i think
0: Oh, there you go. Six years at American Eagle. That's like,
1: and I went back, like I I went to college and then worked there on my, um, my time off. But I would say like, it helped me develop relationships because I remember I went away for college and I had an internship and you know, that ended and then my housing abruptly ended and I had to move home like overnight. I'd like call my parents. I was living in Jersey and I was like, I have to come home right now. And my parents like drove to Jersey at two o'clock in the morning and like moved all my stuff out. And we moved me back home. I called my old manager and was like, hey, I don't know what I'm going to do right now, but I need a job. And she's like, come in tomorrow. We'll give you hours. I don't know what we're going to do with you, but we'll do something for you. Um, and looking back on it, I'm like, that's great networking. Like I was able to maintain that relationship. Um, but I had always been a good hustler. I, I was a dance teacher for, oh my God, seven, eight years. Um, always going back over summer break and having the idea of like, oh, I'll leave the summer dance camps. Like give it to me. I'll do the whole thing. I'll do the marketing. I'll do the music. I'll do this, and then I'm gonna take this percentage of the cut. And they're like, okay. So I was always really good at like doing project proposals. I guess that was more of my hustle than like yeah. making things. Um, I wish I could like be better at that. I'm not good at like the innovation part, but like project proposal and hustling, I think that's more my jam.
0: The bu- the nuts and bolts. That's what you're you're good. Yeah. At.
1: Yeah. That part of it, the person who makes the product, I'm like, "Mm, I don't know. I don't have that mind. I don't have that engineering mindset.
0: (laughs) Have you, um, have you ever read the book to sell Is human?
1: No, I have not. I'll have to add that to my list.
0: I I love that book. It's one of my favorite. I think it kind of goes along with like, you know, your everything that you're you're talking about where um, basically, I mean, it it talks about like everything we do is selling to an extent, you know, it doesn't have to be so much of a, Oh, I'm selling you on this, you know, fancy car. It's, it's, you know, how can I sell someone to do their home exercise program? How can you sell mm-hmm. someone to commit to a running program? How can you sell them to like, you know, get out and get a run done at, you know, 8 p.m., you yeah. know, and and, uh, and it's, it's, such a, it's such a great book. I love it. And it's like, That's it just awesome. takes that whole concept and like, I guess, nor- yeah. or normalizes the word selling, which I think, unfortunately, I think has a like negative yep. connotation to it.
1: Yeah, I always um, was remembering that, you know, nobody wants to be sold, but they want to buy but people don't want to be sold. And that's something that always sticks with me because I, you know, whenever I talk to my clients or when I'm a new athlete, you know, I have a consultation or something, I'm always very honest. I'm like, hey, we might not work out and that's totally okay. But my job is to find what works for you. And like, you might work really well with me, but maybe I don't work well with you and it's, but we have to find that middle ground and just finding that it's it's okay. I have tons of athletes that I don't work with anymore. Um, for one reason or another, but we're still have some type of relationship. You know, we still follow each other on Instagram. We still congratulate each other on races or things like that. It's still a really good relationship, but yeah. not everyone is, it's it's just nice to kind of realize that we're not everybody's cup of tea. Um, and then you have to find and have resources available to help them out.
0: Right. Exactly. And that's the always thing I always tell people. is was like, look, like we have the, I have the skill that I know that like, if we're not the right fit, I know where to put you, you know, if you have to go see a physician, we'll do that. If you should go see a personal trainer, we'll do that. If you should see a run coach, we'll do that. If you, you know, whatever it might be like, we'll, we'll send you in that right direction. If another physical therapist, I'm happy to do that. Like, like if, if we can get you into a, a situation that is, best for that person that's that's our ultimate job like if we if we are you know we're actually going to hold on to somebody just to hold on to somebody you know at the end of the day they're going to go where they need to go and if that's another pt because i've I've sent other i've sent patients to other pts you know um and, and 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 it works and and i think they appreciate that i think people appreciate you know i don't know they appreciate the i don't know for sure
1: i don't know and it depends are my two favorite phrases And why is that? It's because the person you're talking to is honest and authentic with themselves. Um, We don't know everything. Me, I mean, I've, yes, I've been in fitness for 10 years, but I've only been like honing in and specializing really the past two to three years. And there are tons of opportunities where I'm just like, I don't know the answer to that. That's really interesting. I'm going to get back to you. And then I do get back to them. And I find resources that I can reach out to, to say, Hey, this is what I'm seeing. What are your thoughts on this? Um, but yeah, yep. I think, I don't know. And it depends. Oh, that's my favorite. Like, from some- I,
0: I, uh, I had a professor in, in college who is a little Greek guy and he, he always would be like, it depends. yeah, It depends. <laughs> and, and, and we always used to like laugh about it. Like it depends. Yeah. And, uh, and you know, now as I have like grown up and entered the real world, I say, it depends. I don't even know how many times I say it depends now mm-hmm. it's, it's one of those things that's like become a regular part of my yeah. vocabulary. And I'm like, yep. And then the other thing I always love, like that one chart, I'm sure you've seen it before where it's like what you, what, you know, what you know, you don't know. And then like what you don't know, you don't know. And I, I love, like, I love that. Cause it's, it's true. Cause like, I think there are a lot of people out there who are always so like absolute, like it has to be this way. It has to be that way this this is you know i know everything i'm the expert and like yeah i'm the expert but guess what if you're the expert and you think you actually know everything you're probably not the expert mm-hmm. that's that's the yep. thing it's like if you're an expert you know that you don't know everything
1: yep yeah i would say i my uh back in my corporate career i used to tell my um, employees all the time i'd say you don't know what you don't know and it's okay and when you do know then you can do better And that's something that I, you know, our, what we know can always evolve. And I think that's the greatest piece of it all. It's especially being in fitness is exercise science. It's not necessarily changing, but structurally things that we're communicating to our athletes is changing. The way that we work with athletes is changing. It's no longer the standardized approach. Okay. You want weight loss. You need to do hit three times a week with this. It's no longer this cookie cutter. There's other ways we can get into that. Um, that, really evolve as more science evolves, as you know, more people are going into their PhD and there's more tests being done, right? There's more things that we can rely on and grab that data and say, huh, maybe what we were doing 10 years ago wasn't the best and most efficient approach. I'm sure it got results, but oh, it awesome. might not have been the most efficient. So let's do this way instead.
0: The number one thing I'll tell you right now, foam rolling. <laughs> foam rolling, 10 years ago, everyone was like, we don't know what this does. It does something, but we're going to keep doing it. And I was like, okay. And I was, I was new into the, the strength training world at that point. I wasn't I wasn't a PT yet. And but everyone foam roll. We gotta have all our athletes foam roll. We gotta do the quads, got to do the hamstrings, gotta do the glutes, gotta do the calves, gotta do the shoulders, gotta do everything, right? Foam roll, foam roll, foam roll. Ten years later, we still don't know what it does. I don't
1: know what, exactly.
0: We still don't know what it does. And 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 there there's nothing out there that says it's bad for you. There's nothing out there that says it's good for you. And it's just like if you like to foam roll, foam roll. Yep. go for it. And that, it, it, it's, that's what it's come down to. Cause it's like, yeah. Cause 10 years ago we we're like, Oh, I re- like, they're very prominent, like guys like Mike Boyle, like prominent strength coaches. We're like, yeah, yeah. We, we, we have all our athletes foam roll and, and we don't know what the, what the effects are of it yet, but we know it does something. Does it? I don't know. Probably I mean, not. I've, Cause after 10 done, years of studying yeah. it, we don't know what it actually does. And you know, I call it the poor man's massage. Cause that's basically it. It's a little feel good. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, I tell you if you're, if you're foam rolling for more than like, Five minutes, you're doing too much.
1: Right. Yeah, so, I, same way. If it makes you feel, and that's always what I say to my clients, like, oh, do, do I have to form wrong? Like, do you like it? Is it something you can easily build into your routine? Does it, some people, I use it as like a gateway into getting people into stretching and mobility. Um, people ask me all the time, like, do I have to stretch every day? And I'm like, I don't know. How many steps do you take a day? Do you want they're to? They're like, right. I'm like, do you want to? Like, you. there's different ways to like look at it. Because the way I view it is like, yeah, could you sit and do... A 10 minute stretching every day and will you feel better probably but it's not the stretching that's making you feel better it's the movement that's making movement. you feel better Amen. and it's the, Preach, it's the lubrication yeah it's the lubrication of the joints and the this and the that and like and then it's the ador- so there's other pieces but if stretching is what i have to tell you to make that happen shit yeah stretching is all, it's gonna cure you
0: yeah like, there you go i mean because that's the thing it's like there's no research out there again with with, with static stretching you know that says it's good for you, and there's nothing there out there that says it's bad for you. And it's like if you because foam rolling, static stretching, it's it, you, you have the people that love it. They're like, I have to do it. Well, you have to do it. Go do Wait. it. And the people that hate to do it, and are like, I'm so miserable. I've never been more miserable than when I'm trying to touch my toes. And you're like, you know what? If it sucks that much, go ahead. Don't.
1: Yeah. Do it. Don't do it. We'll It'll find be another okay. Way. Like you say, yeah.
0: Usain Bolt. He can't touch his toes, and he's the world's he's fastest man. You know, and he's doing all right for himself. So yeah,
1: exactly. if
0: you don't want to touch your toes, if you don't want to do that, don't worry about it. We'll find yeah. another way.
1: Exactly. And that's what I say. We'll find a way because what I want to do, and this is how I work with my athletes, is I want to find a way that you're going to, you're going to actually do the work I give you. Because not only is it frustrating to you as an athlete, that if I give you a bunch of work and then you don't do it because it's not enjoyable, it's frustrating for me as a coach. Cause I'm like, okay, I'm taking the time. This person doesn't want to do it. And that's why I spend a lot of time getting to know my clients on a more personal level and it's not because I mean, okay, yeah, I am I am interested in my people, right? I'm a yes, people person. I'm interested, but I need to find out your why. I need to find out what makes you tick. I need to find out what, what what's your carrot, right? We you to talk about that. You know, what's the sell, right? I have to find out that what's gonna make you move. Um, and actually, ironically, I did a four-week class on this right when quarantine started. And I was like, well, I got nothing to do. So I'm going to lead an online little four-week cl- session called what makes you move. And it's all about digging deep and asking yourself certain questions to find out well, what is intrinsically important to me. Um, you know, what is it that makes me move my body? Because I, you know, like you had mentioned like movement is, I mean, I think it's the Holy grail of everything we have to be we're, our bodies are designed to be in action, right? And body emotion stays in motion. And, well, if you don't have something that's going to get you, propel you to get off the couch, like I could tell you until I'm blue in the face that walking is good for your health. Take a stupid little walk every day. And if that doesn't motivate you enough, then we either go the scare tactic way or do we go the reward system way, or do we make it a, a social community event as mo- but, you know best we can, or do we make it educational, listen to a podcast? I don't know, but that's finding what's going to intrinsically drive you because motivation, um, and again, everybody knows I'm corny with all of my little sayings, you know, motivation. We need it daily. It's like a bath. Like a bath. It is. You need, well, maybe most of us, cause we stay inside our houses now. We don't need a daily. I, I but... like
0: that. I like that.
1: <laughs> but we do motivation fades, but discipline is what keeps us going. But if you need that daily dose of motivation and shit, it's gotta be like a bath. you got to set yourself up intentionally get find that motivation. Um, I can motivate you, but the action you take is what's going to spur you to keep doing it.
0: I love that motivation fades, but discipline lasts. Cause yeah, it's, it's true. Because how many people get fired up? They're like, I got to go for a run. I got to go for. A run. I got to get to the gym. I got to, you know, do this. I got to, and and it lasts for a week or two. But then, like, where does it go from there? And I'm, I'm, I'm just as guilty of that. Like, there's 100 oh, yeah. like times where I'm like, yeah, let's go. And then, you know, two weeks in, I'm just like, yeah. you know, yep. So. I, uh, I definitely have been there before, but I love that. That's that's a, yeah. a great saying. I didn't realize uh, you were the uh, the master of sayings.
1: Here. Oh, I love sayings. Um, when I'm teaching at FRC, I'll bet any of them that are listening or anyone that they can come up with things that I've said. Um, I think one of my, and this is what I don't, I'm not proud of this one, but I did ask my Instagram followers. I was like, what's some things that I say all the time? Like, what? just, I want to know, like, what is it that you guys think of me when as I say, like, what, what are those things? And one of them was, but did you die? And I'm like, Oh, wait, I, that's, that's morbid. And then I was like, wait, wait a minute. Wait, I know why I say that. That's because we all so often never push ourselves to the edge to find what that greatness could be. We get did so die. scared of being uncomfortable that we're like, mm, but then we never turn the corner to see like, we're so close to looking at it. Um, and it's funny. Actually it ties in today. I did a workout with my box and we had to do eight rounds and after four rounds, I was like, oh, okay, that feels great. The last four, I was like, those freaking sucked. And then I looked at my heart rate data and the first four rounds, I was in zone two the whole time. I wasn't uncomfortable. Like it sucked. Yeah, I was rowing and that wasn't fun. I hate the rower. But the last four rounds was when I was like, oh yeah, okay, now I'm making changes. That's why eight rounds are programmed and not four. There
0: you go. Um,
1: So it's like finding that corner and finding that edge of getting uncomfortable. Um, And that's why I love being a coach is helping people find what feeling uncomfortable is like and being like, Yeah, you're not going to die. It's just going to suck. It's not going to feel good,
0: but But you don't get great
1: by feeling okay.
0: And I think, you know, with running, when it comes to running, I think a lot of people are like, Hey, I'll just throw on my shoes, walk out the front door and I'll run kind of like you did 10 years ago. or Oh yeah. And it was
1: great. Yeah. You're like, let me just, I'm just going to
0: (laughs) run. And it worked out great. But yeah, I think a lot of people like have that mentality they're like, what do I need a coach to run for? And, and I think that couldn't be further from the truth
1: right i mean i all the time it's, i work with a lot of moms and a lot of new moms or a lot of uh, you know moms of uh, like adolescents and things and i'm always like look at your kids look at your kids running look at your kids learning to walk what do they do they walk on their t- their forefoot they walk on their tip so when your kid falls which direction do they fall they fall forward why is that oh they're leaning with their run oh they're using gravity oh they're not they're not afraid to fail. And then what happens? We stick kids at the age of six, six, age eight, in a desk all day. And then we stick them in college where they sit down all day. And then we stick them at a desk all day. And now you want to run, but your ass has no idea how that works because it's been sitting for 20 years. Um, so these are things that I'm, I'm constantly trying to remind people of it and get to it. Just like, this is why running is hard when you first start because your body hasn't done that motion in what, 20 years, 25 years?
0: <laughs> exactly. Um,
1: yeah. So that's, and I think that's one of the joys that I have with my coaching business and with teaching people how to run. Um, yeah, I could, can I like the fine tunest mechanics? No, maybe that's not my specialty and I'm okay with that. Um, cause where I am in my career and my, uh, the, the niche that I, I love working with is that, that exact person who's been running for five to 10 years and they want to make it suck less. They want to enjoy it more. And so getting into the strength components and getting into, you know, making sure their pelvic is, pelvis is in uh, alignment and those muscles are being strengthened. You had, uh we mentioned before talking about some, some strength training. It's like, whoa, well, what do you do to strength train? And they're like, I don't really know. What do you mean? I, I run. And I'm like,
0: that's, I don't, I don't
1: that's going to be your problem. Um, so that's, I would say, the, the joys that I find in working with athletes.
0: Yes. And let's talk a little bit about that strength training for runners. Or They don't need yeah. it, right? Runners don't need to strength training. Right?
1: No, they run all day. So it's perfect, right? Exactly. They just run. Who cares? The pelvis aligns itself. The knees are fine. They're not being weakened by weak glutes. It's fine. Everything's all right.
0: <laughs> yeah. I think, I think every day, you know, at the end of the day, uh, running is a sport, you know, whether you consider yourself an athlete or not here at big league, if you have a body, you're an athlete.
1: Oh, I love that. I call everybody athletes. Everybody's um, so an athlete. I love your body,
0: that. you're an athlete. Plain simple. I love that. And, you know, runners are athletes, 100%. And running is your sport. Because at the end of the day, for all the great cardio, respiratory, mental, whatever other benefits we're talking about, it's still a stressor on your musculoskeletal system. Mm-hmm. Right? So, So you're getting this, you know, stress on that part of your body that, you know, you're doing it day over day over day over day it's going to wear you down and you got to, how do you combat that strength training and, 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 you know, more, and, and, you know, we're, we're starting to see it more and more, I think in the running world, Mm -hmm. but I think there's still a long ways to go until it's truly accepted. And, you know, I think people are just like, well, I'm a runner. So I just, you know, go outside and go for my run. That's it. Mm -hmm. And, and honestly, that's not, even if you're just a casual, you know, 10 miles a week kind of person, you need something more on top of that.
1: Exactly. Yep. And that's something I program in for every runner. Um, even I had a consult today with a new athlete and we talked about what will strength training look like for her. Can, can she has two kids? Can she fit in doing a 30 minute strength routine three times a week? Probably not. But guess what? You're doing zero squats now. Let's get you doing 10 minutes of squats every other something, day. Something. Right. Let's just get you doing something to stimulate that muscle. One of the things that I absolutely hate hearing is we have to activate our glutes. We have to, we have to turn our glutes on. And I'm like.
0: <laughs> can
1: you can, can can you walk okay good your ass works are you, you standing are you standing right now can you go from sit to stand okay good those muscles uh, work can they be better engaged with a better mind muscle connection sure, sure. while you're completing the exercise that's what we're looking to yeah, achieve there's no
0: such thing as gluteal amnesia it doesn't happen sorry your glutes yeah, I mean, aren't turned off
1: right there's no on and off switch they're still working it's sound be like the side of your hips you work? just like
0: flip a switch you're just like
1: Exactly. It's just like let me turn that off, and I'm like, it, it's an app now, right? It's like it, let me just yeah, dial it down. Oh, time. turn it up.
0: Let me just turn my ass on.
1: Yeah, and I'm like, so I, I do this mind muscle connection, knowing what muscles working in the body. Um, so that way, when we are going for a run, and I say squeeze your butt, you're not like uh, and like clenching. You actually know what I mean. So we've done enough bridges. We've done enough single leg work. Um, that your glutes are helping to activate, you know, activate, but you don't even know to I mean. help to kind of engage more at the proper sure. time to help fire, you know, whatever movement we're doing. Yeah. Um, but yeah. And then I also advise runners lift heavy. I don't know how many runners I see. And you know, if you're at the beginning stage of your game and you're lifting up a five pound dumbbell, cool. Cause you're learning the movement. You want to do it properly. Put some stress on those muscles lift up some heavier weights. Once you've learned the basics and you know how to engage your core, you know how to, you know, work with your body, pick up some freaking heavy weights, put some stress on it, especially females, like bone density. Come on, let's get that resistance training up.
0: It's one of those things where, yeah, we'll have, you know, people who are half marathoners, marathoners, ultra athletes come in and and they don't, you know, lift more than like a 25 pound dumbbell. And I'm like, look, what you're training for is fucking hard. Yeah. You know? That's it's hard. So you your rehab, your training also needs to be hard. And Mm -hmm. and one of my biggest messages out there to people who who are you know going through rehab right now is like if your rehab isn't challenging you, if it's just clamshells and glute bridges, well, guess what? It's probably not the right thing for you. And like, sure, there is like an entry period. So, say, you know, you have ACL surgery, right? And you can't really do much of things. Yeah, you're gonna do clamshells and glute bridges, but then you get to a point where you're banging your head against the wall going, what the hell am I doing? I'm doing all these clamshells. I'm on the, the blue TheraBand. Now I've went from yellow to green to blue, yep. but, but my knee still hurts. And it's like, well, guess what? Because you need, you don't run laying on your side and we need to be, we need to push you to, yep. you know, further limits than, than just, you know, being able to lay on your side and, and do a glute bridge or a clamshell. So yep. yeah, I think people, don't realize you know what happens and and there was one girl i I worked with last year who you know first session i i gave her a 25 pound dumbbell and she's like ooh, that's pretty heavy i'm like you're gonna do a goblet squat you're gonna be okay with this and and she did it she was fine with it and then the next week she came back and she's like i did i did the exercise but i only used a 15 pound dumbbell and i was like all right well here's a 25 pound dumbbell again still pretty good and she did it and i was like still pretty good right yeah and then we just continued to build this relationship from there. And, you know, we ended up getting her to use, um, what do you call it? The, the trap bar. We were mm-hmm. deadlifting. And one day, you know, she said this, this thing that came out of her mouth and I'll, I'll never forget it. I, I say it all the time now. It's fun to lift heavy and run fast. Yes. It's fun yes. to lift heavy and run fast. And I've said that, I can't tell you how many times I've said that since then. And she was like, you know, noticing over the however many weeks we were, we were working together at that point, she was getting faster. She was mm-hmm. feeling better. And she's getting stronger. And she's like, it's fun to lift heavy and run fast. And I was like, shit, yeah, it is.
1: Shit, yeah. yeah that's, and that is something. And I also always remind my athletes that, you know, strong runners are less likely to get injured. You're less likely to have an overuse injury. You're less likely to have too much impact or too much force, right? Running is, I hear it all the time, it's bad for your knees. And it's like, well, yeah, it is. If you're doing nothing else and you're putting all that stress Right? Banging your head off a wall 10 times a day is bad for your head. But if you bang different sides, it's going to impact it differently. Right. So you're going to be equaling out the force. Um, and so it's all like, if you do the same thing every day, no matter what that sport is, it's going to be bad for you. Right. Um, and that's, I, I, it's funny you mentioned, you know, I have an athlete last, yesterday actually talked to me a screenshot of her run. And when we first started working together, her tempo runs were probably high, mid eights, like 830s, 840s. And she's just completed a marathon cycle. She's unfortunately had like three canceled marathons. Thanks COVID, Um, finally got to run a real marathon and, you know, smashed her goal time, like killed it. And she went for a tempo run. She's like three weeks recovered. And she texted me and she goes, what the hell is this? And she was running her tempos at like 739. And she's like, where did this girl come from? She's like, I was talking on the phone with my sister for half of this. And I'm like, girl, that's all that strength training. And it's all those, it's all following the plan, following the period I schedule, like you did it. And there were times when you didn't think you could, but now look where it's gotten you.
0: And it's she's called like, resiliency.
1: Yeah, and she's like, "Damn, oh, I'm so excited for fall marathon." And I'm like, "Oh man, now create a monster." But at the same time, like once you realize what you can do, and I've had these own experiences myself. Um, you know, I am very fortunate. It's the box that I go to, we have great coaches, and even as a coach, I rely on the assistance of another coach to help push my limits. Right? There are times when I coaches work out. Coaches need coaches. And- 100%. My clients are always so surprised to hear that. They're like, you have a coach, Danielle. I'm like, I'm "Like, yeah, I go, like I pay money to go to another facility to have somebody tell me what to do. One, I coach a lot of people and sometimes my brain's done.
0: But two- The last thing I ever want to do is program for myself. Last Yeah.
1: Time. I mean, I'll program like accessory workouts. I'll do my own running workouts only because my schedule is so freaking wonky. But for the most part, like I'll have a, I had a, a friend who's a PT. He did an assessment on me. He's like, these are areas of weakness. I'm like, fuck. Okay. I hate hearing that, but I know I have weaknesses. Great. I'll work on those. Um, But just grateful to have people that can help give me guidance. And, you know, as a coach still, I need that. But that's why I think having a coach and having a resource and having a PT and having this great collaboration of humans to come together and make us or make you, you know, the best athlete that you can be. Um, for what your goals are and where you are in your life that time. So I think it's awesome bringing everyone together. And when you're talking about before, it's like, you know, referring people within their niche, right? Oh, you're not, I'm not the best fit for you as a PT. I'm going to send you to this guy or, you know, really you're beyond PT now. You just need time timely personal trainer who has experience within this corrective exercise. Um, I just think uh, it's so great that you, know, you can build that kind of that network of referrals in that family.
0: I love like, you know, I got a guy. I got a guy for that. I got a guy. For that. Yeah. I, lo- I yeah. love. for I love that. I love like yeah. just being connected enough to like, be able to say that. And, you know, if I don't got a guy, well, guess what? I'm going to find a guy.
1: I'm going to find a guy because I bet you have a guy who knows a guy. Yeah,
0: exactly. I got a guy and- who knows a guy who knows a guy.
1: Mm-hmm. And we'll all make right. sure and- that you're in the right home.
0: Exactly. So, so I think, you know, that, you know, building that community, that network of people, I think is is super powerful for, for people yeah. to to be able to have all of that around them. And yeah, I mean, I think at the end of the day, like coaches need coaches and you're not, by yourself, you know, out there. It's 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 you, you know, with a team. And and I think that's a, a powerful thing that, that I think people need to realize. Cause yeah, running twenty six point two miles is damn hard. Mm-hmm. And and you sometimes you can't do it by yourself.
1: Yeah. And I think a lot of times people think, um, oh, I'm not an elite athlete. I don't need a coach. Um and I think not it's serious. So cool. I'm not a
0: serious athlete. I'm not a
1: serious athlete, but I'm I'm gonna go do this thing that's gonna be like training. It's gonna be a part-time job and training. I'm going to put a shit ton of stress on my body and then I'm going to go run this race as fast as I possibly can. Um, but I'm not a serious athlete. And so that's why I really love that. I've created like this. I mean, it's, I'm happy. It's become more mainstream now that non athlete, non elite athletes have coaches, um, you know, and are connecting with nutrition coaches, right? They're the foundations of our sleep habits, our nutrition habits, our hydration habits have so much of an effect on our performance, And just making sure that you have people in your, in your crew that understand all that and are able to give you that unbiased guidance, because guess what? At the end of the day, I'm giving you a workout based on the, what I know you can achieve. And I'm going to give you tough love if you continue to baby out on it. And I'm like, okay, it's obviously just not that important. Or there's something else that's prohibiting this. Let's find out what that is. Um, And sure, you can go it alone. Absolutely. But let me tell you, every athlete that I've had come to me, I've never had somebody run a slower marathon after working with me. To this day, no one's ever run a slower marathon. Um, And I actually, I was looking at my data the other day. I think I've only had one runner who's done a one and done marathon. Almost every one of my athletes have gone on to run a second marathon.
0: Marathon for life.
1: Yes, and that's one of my biggest things is I want people to fall in love with running. I don't want you to look at it like a chore I, yeah. Yes. At mo- Like weeks 12 through 14 of your marathon cycle. You're going to hate running. Absolutely. You're going to be tired of saying, oh, you have to up and go for a run, but that's short-lived.
0: Yeah. I, I saw, I saw on your, on your Instagram, you said, you know, running, you had a post where it said running should be fun. And yeah, it hundred percent should be. And, and, and if it's not fun, well then you should probably maybe take a break.
1: Take a break. And guess what? That's okay. Like I took a three, Almost two and a half, maybe almost three week break where I was just doing fun runs. Like last week, I think I ran five miles total. But then yesterday, I ran six and a half, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm back. But like, because it felt good then, and I refound, you know, I found my new love. And guess what? You can also change disciplines. You, you don't like running? Hop on the damn bike. You don't like biking? Go hop on a rower. You don't like that? Go take an aerobics class. What's, um,
0: what's your training like these days?
1: So I'm signed up for my first half Iron Man in September. Oh,
0: half Ironman. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I don't, I go big or go home. I'm you gonna, don't, I you don't,
0: you nothing. don't fuck around.
1: No, I went from running nothing to a marathon in 11 months. So I've That's done triathlon I have done triathlon. Okay. Um, so I, I, I'm experienced in the whole, you know, it's a logical next step,
0: logical next yeah. step.
1: You know, I've done sprints. I've done ollies. And now that was like five or six years ago. Now I'm like, ah, so I've been dry for five years. Let's just go all in. Uh, so right now my training, I was training for a marathon that got canceled. That was at the end of March. Uh, so I had worked my way up. I was doing long runs of like 15, 16 miles. And then the marathon canceled and I was like, all right, I don't have to run long anymore. This is great. Um, so now I've actually shifted my focus. So I also believe in periodized training and progressive overload. So I am now reshifting my three-month cycle right now to be more strength-focused and to work on my deficits. So I'm having some issues with single leg work. Um, I have a little goal of getting a pistol squat. Never had it. I don't have great ankle range of motion. believe me not being a runner tight calves you name it um so i'm working on that and i decided to make the next three months kind of just building that base and also doing things i hate which is swimming um which i have to get good at
0: or better at uh, what are, what are um, the distances in the half ironman
1: so the swim is 1.2 miles
0: 1.2 okay
1: yeah i can't that's see far they got like yeah yeah, at
0: yeah. Least for, me <laughs> for me it would be fun. Um,
1: i'm at like a 1, thousand, 1200 yards in the pool. And I'm like, damn, I gotta keep going. <laughs> um, so that's the swim. The bike is 56 miles and the run is a half marathon. So 13.1.
0: Okay. Okay.
1: All within one day. Um, so a lot of people ask me, do you have a time goal? And I'm like, well, you're a douchebag. Um, because finish. really my goal, right. The goal is to finish. I was actually joking with a, a someone who has done an Ironman and we were joking about, you know, when people that ask, you know, Oh, you did an Ironman. What was your time? Dude, nobody cares. Like no and even Iron cares. Man. nobody cares. The fact that you fucking completed all of that work and trained for it. No, kudos to you. I don't care if you came in at the 17th hour, no one gives a shit. Yeah, um, my my aunt,
0: she's done a whole bunch of, of Mans and, uh, and yeah, I mean, I have no idea what her times were, but yeah, no it, one doesn't cares. I mean, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter.
1: I have friends that have qualified and raced in Kona. Like I, I, I am part of that community, but at the same time, I'm like, no one gives a shit. Just like so the marathoning. No one cares if you're five, six, seven hours, three hours.
0: Yeah. So then 2022, then fall Ironman.
1: Yeah, probably. Cause that's just who I am. Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's the next last step, as not, you said, not, yeah, of course that's next logical, but yeah, I have Chicago on deck um, hopefully for the fall marathon. Um, so, and then I have a second marathon. The one that got postponed for March is now at the end of October. So like, I gotta go somewhere great in November because I'm gonna be in like the best damn shape of my life. Um, I'm gonna be coming off of Ironman training, two marathons. Uh, so I either gotta like, I don't know, I gotta do something in November. Uh, there you go. I like and, it. and utilize my skill. Like go on like a ridiculous hike or something. Just do something till like, they take advantage of the, like, the athleticism that I'll have.
0: Oh yes, yes. 100%. Yeah, I gotta like,
1: take care of like. Oh, I gotta like do something like crazy. Like hike the know. Appalachian
0: Trail or something.
1: Yeah, I'm. Uh, see, I just don't like bears and stuff. That's fine. I'll figure that one out. Yeah, I did hike Yellowstone. I did hike Yellowstone unprepped and did backpack and did a five day hike through Yellowstone in the backpack. Um, and I didn't die there, so maybe. Well, there you go.
0: But did you <laughs> die? As you, as you exactly. Like but
1: did you die? I mean, it's the same thing. I hiked Machu Picchu on a whim. Um, I was stressed out at my last job, and
0: whim? <laughs> that's whim. See- whim.
1: Yeah, I mean, I was training for a marathon at the time, but yeah, it was like two weeks out and I found the tour and I was like, fuck it, I'm going to go and put my PTO request in, got approved and then I left right. and did five days on the Inca Trail. Um, people, I mean, it was hard. I mean, if anyone's never done it, it was like eight miles of hiking a day. Um, people on the trail had asked me like, oh, would you do this again? Like if you had some, a friend or a significant other and they were like, let's, you know, let's go hike Machu Picchu. Would you do it again? And I'm like, yeah, I'm dumb enough. I would do this again. Yeah. <laughs> Cause there were definitely days when you would get to like the top of the peak and you were like, I think it was like, I forget the name of the ones like lying grandmother or dead, dead grandmother's past or something, sleeping grandmother's past. It's this really high peak and you got to the top and your thighs are burning. Um, yeah. Can't breathe
0: I, oxygen. You either. can't
1: breathe. There's, I was I had altitude sickness like half the time. Um, and people were like, would you do this again? And I was like, yes. Yeah. <laughs> because I'll forget the pain. I'll it's fine. And I'll be in better oh shape God. by then. So yeah,
0: exactly. Um, all right. So we're getting down to the end of the show here. So I got a few more oh. questions here for you. Uh, what's the, uh, what's the last book you read?
1: Last book I read was atomic habits by James Ooh, clear. I just finished okay. that again. Um, always love to revisit that book and take little nuggets of information from it. So yeah, I just finished, um, that. And now I think I'm going to add that cell book that you mentioned to my next list.
0: There you go. To sell as human. There you go. To sell love human. It. Yep. What are you? Uh, what are you watching on TV these days?
1: Oh, I'm self-admitted. I have terrible taste in television. I do not watch anything good, so do not judge me. I am a longtime supporter and watcher of Team Mom OG. Mm. Um, so I'm, yes, I'm currently watching Team Mom OG.
0: Nice.
1: Um, I am roped into This Is Us. I have tried to escape it, but I am there. And I was so pissed this past Tuesday that it was not a new episode. Um, but my forever staple. My other show that I watch Law and Order SVU team oh, Olivia, wow. all the way. I've been watching that show. God, was it was a 22nd, 23rd season now.
0: It's uh, one of those shows that's always on TV. It's always on.
1: Yes. Every Sunday, I and my best friend, if I could text her and be like, are you watching? And she's like, of course I am. You remember the ending of this one? I'm like, of course I do. Um, always. On. Yeah. We're totally roped in team Benson all the way.
0: <laughs> I mean, I'm still, I'm still, uh, binge watching the Real Housewives of Potomac over here. So that's, mm. that's, that's where we're at. <laughs>
1: I never got into Real Housewives. That was never. I did like. I was never a Bravo person, so I don't know. I think. I
0: think the fact that it's based like around the D.C. area—that's that's what I'm. What what like hooks me in. Yeah. But then you know, live, you come for the D.C. aspect, stay for the drama.
1: And then you stay for the drama. Yeah, I was like, I used to live uh, like a block or two down from Oz, the restaurant yeah, that I think one of them. Which is like the main to. focus. Yep. So I used to. That was kind of cool, like knowing that it's now closed. But you know, it was cool then.
0: Well, there's a reason it's closed. So. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> you probably uh, know
1: better than I did. It probably was on the show that I didn't watch. <laughs>
0: yeah. So now you've been in, you've been in the D.C. area now for how long?
1: It'll be six years in October. So five. Okay. I'm a little over five years.
0: All right, I'm about the same. What's uh? What's one experience you think everyone should have here in the the D.M.V.
1: One experience everybody should have. Oh, geez, there's so many. Um, running over the Memorial Bridge and running oh. towards Jefferson and seeing the monument in the background. And there's something about running over, like just having that view. So again, mine's like always running related. I, actually don't, I don't go out much. So I haven't gone out in a year. So I don't know what the hell's going on outside. But I would say... That is a drive and a run that never gets
0: old. I, I like that because I was because the one thing I always say, I tell people they can't say the, the monuments, go in the mall, go to the monuments. But I think I like the idea of running over the bridge as you approach the monuments. Yeah, a there's a little an, different. I'll give, there's I'll, an experience. I'll give that an
1: Yeah, there's an experience to be had. I also find it extremely fascinating when you can see the Washington Monuments so many different points throughout the city. Um, I have a yes. client that I see who lives down in Foggy Bottom and will run around you know, foggy bottom Georgetown area. And it's just when you're coming around at the back of the Watergate building and you can just see the monument at the top of the hill there. And it's just like, I don't know, for me, I still think it's absolutely crazy that I get to live in this city. Um, I still make it a point not to take it for granted. Um, Moved here for a job, stayed here because I built a life.
0: Same, same 100%.
1: Yeah, and I'm just like, I try my hardest not to take it for granted driving along GW Parkway as much as I'm like cursing out drivers and you know making sure I'm not stuck in traffic or missing my exit ending up in Maryland. Um like just being able to see the skyline. I know we don't have the most beautiful skyline in the world, but it's just so I don't know. I'm I, I still get chill thinking about but like I get to live here. Um, I love it. I love I it. I,
0: I couldn't agree with you more. Uh the in recent weeks though this 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 has taken on a different turn. Uh and, and it's kind of become the new question is is what's your your go to place to eat? Where do you like to go eat?
1: Ooh, um so my go-to, so I don't go out as much anymore, obviously. So my right. go to place for for takeout. So um or get we have yeah, to eat,
0: eat yeah, to eat from.
1: Um so I have celiac disease. Um and that means I can't have gluten. And I will say living in this area. You would never know that I have any like that I can't eat gluten because there's so many opportunities. There's so many places. It's not like I'm pigeonholed into one spot. Um, whereas like, you know, we talked about being in Pennsylvania. There's freaking nothing up there. Like I
0: literally oh, eat it like they I don't it, believe, like red
1: robin. No, I don't, don't believe, believe in
0: celiacs in, in oh, northeast Pennsylvania. No,
1: I get like this sad little gluten-free pizza from my parents' place. It's like a frozen dough. It's so awful. Um No, I will say my favorite go-to's, I am a sushi lover. And to me, the best sushi I've had on the Virginia side is Sushi Rock. Ah. Um, I feel like they know my order. um, So I get Sushi Rock all the time. And I'm actually a huge pizza lover. So if you have celiac disease and you need gluten-free pizza, um, Lost Dog, because you have to get the small, not the personal, because they use two different crusts. And the small has the better crust, in my opinion. Lost Um, Dog. Where's that? Um, They have two locations, one in South uh, Arlington on Columbia Pike, and the other location is in Old Town.
0: Interesting. Um,
1: Yeah. So I would say Lost Dog. They also do a killer. I get the, uh, I get a sandwich. They actually have like gluten-free rolls. Um, I think it's called the Mutley, I think is the name of the sandwich that I get. Um, So it's really cool. I mean, they also support, um, they have their own foundation to support Lost Dogs and Cats. Um, So it's also really good, you know, from that side, the good feels, but their food is just to me it's perfect um love it uh, don't go out much anymore so that would be my my two staples okay
0: i I like it i like yeah sushi Sushi rock is great um they're they're the same owner for uh sushi achi in in capitol hill over here oh and uh and that's like our go-to sushi spot sushi achi and then we also like akko which is the new place that opened up at the roost those are our two go-to sushi spots
1: okay I'm a creature of habit, so I will probably only go there if I can go out to eat, because I know they can deliver now out this way. I know like everyone's delivering like a 10-mile radius now, um, but I'll have to try them when I can do an in-person dining. When I yes, feel like big fan of the help. Roost.
0: The Roost is roost. great. Big fan okay. of it. Got, it's got the best pizza, probably the best pizza in D.C. Hot take right there. Probably the best pizza okay. in D.C. Okay. I don't know if they can accommodate the gluten-free. The
1: gluten thing, but I'll bring people there that can have it. I, I, I live vicariously through others. I'll like I'll have a taste. <laughs>
0: There you go. Um, all right, Danielle. That is it for today. Thank you so much for coming on. Uh, we'll definitely be talking to Oh, hold on. Before I even cut you off here, if people want to reach out to you, want to connect with you, where can they find you?
1: Yeah, best way to find me is on Instagram. I'm r- at run with coach D. Uh, or if you want to visit my website, uh run with coach D.com. Those are the best two ways to get me.
0: Boom. There it is. Run with Coach D. All right, Danielle. Thanks for coming on and we'll definitely be talking soon.
1: Awesome. Thanks, Mike.
0: Thank you so much for listening to Move the District today. If you want to find out more about our guests or about Big League Performance and Rehab and how we can help you continue to be active and pain-free, head over to BigLeaguePerformanceAndRehab.com to learn more. Thanks, and until next time, keep moving, DC!